Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So this episode is very different to anything I've ever done before on the podcast. Now, I know I've said that about a couple of episodes, but this is definitely something completely different. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So it will steer a little bit away kind of from health and fitness and focus a little bit more on travel for this episode. But also we talk a lot about mindset, which kind of carries over to all aspects of life. So I definitely think that this is a really, really valuable um, conversation to listen to. And I think it, you'll find it really interesting. I definitely did. Anyone who's at home um, with a few kids now and, you know, dreams of travel days, maybe travel days past or looks forward to traveling when their kids are grown. And um, you're going to really enjoy um, listening to Sean's stories and maybe have a little bit of FOMO and wish that you were out there doing that because I, I know I did. But anyway, very good um, stories and really good mindset advice in this as well. So anyway, Sean Hammond is an influencer who is traveling the world. So he's currently in Thailand, but he spent time in the Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, Cambodia, and God knows where he'll go next. So we chat about like, obviously about his travels, but that's not all. So we talk a little bit about, so the reality of content creation when traveling. So anyone who follows Sean or anyone who doesn't follow Sean, make sure you're following him. I'll put his details below. Um, he puts up fantastic videos of his experiences um, as he travels. So I kind of feel like I'm traveling along with him, you know, and he talks a little bit about, you know, that it's obviously not as easy as it looks to, you know, be bringing a camera and tripod with you and, you know, filming the different experiences that you're having while also trying to be in the moment. So he talks a bit about that. We talk about social media and then we talk a little bit about mindset and fear. And he talks about a little bit about how he's not afraid of dying, but he's a little bit afraid of pain. And we talk a little bit about fears and perceived fears and um, real fears and how that kind of relates to his experiences so far. He gives some travel tips of, you know, I kind of said, if I was to go next month, what, where should I go and what should I do? So he gives some tips and he talks about an experience that he's had in the jungle and sleeping in a cave and um, some fascinating stories. Then we talk a little bit about his hospital stay in Malaysia when he needed surgery after a venomous bite. So this is where I'm like, yep, no, this is this is where my fear is. I'm like, I'd be dead. <laughs> so he talks a little bit about how he made the most of this situation and just his whole experience of being in a Malaysian hospital and the fear of, you know, having to, you know, heal and the pain that he had to go through as well. And then we move on. We talk a little bit about safety, solo traveling. And he talks about his favorite place so far on his travels. Um, and then I ask him a little bit about poverty and the poverty he has seen and experienced. And um, it kind of rounds back then to mindset a little bit in relation to poverty and, you know, how he saw some of the happiest people he's ever seen with very little and kind of what he wants to be able to do about to make a difference towards poverty in his own future. So um, we talk a little bit about that and yeah, it's just all around really, really enjoyable conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited about this episode because as we were just saying off air, this is such a different episode to what I usually do, but one that I think that people are really going to enjoy. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like I said, one of the reasons why I reached out initially is because I thought that it could be an episode that your audience understands, even though you know travel and fitness are definitely different topics. I think there are a lot of kind of go-betweens and links between the two. Yeah, which I'm excited to get into to hear kind of the mindset behind traveling, because to me, I'm like traveling like 
just you know you have to be super laid back and just you know go yeah well I'm sure there's a lot more ins and outs to it than that and like as someone who had kids quite young so I had my first kid when I was 23 so I haven't done a huge chunk of traveling we've done bits and pieces where we've gone places um you know for like a couple of weeks at a time but not going like I haven't taken off for a year or anything like that we, we never did that so um I'm interested. I don't know anything. So like, I'm going to ask you loads of really stupid questions. <laughs> and But I'm sure there's loads of listeners who are kind of, you know, my age have a load of kids now and um, it'll remind them of their traveling days. Right. And then there's others that maybe are thinking of going traveling and hearing your stories will be like, there'll be great tips and tricks in that as well. I mean, I think, yeah, there definitely, there is that kind of thing that everyone sees about traveling where it's, it's so easy. You just go and you do this thing and you're on the beach and everyone looks gorgeous and everyone's having a great time. But there definitely are a lot more difficulties that I suppose people don't realize. So for an example, being a solo traveler, it's that thing of trying to find what the best places to go are. Then you have to actually yeah. go and do those things. Then because I'm a content creator, I need to make videos, but I also need to plan what sort of videos I'm doing. And then I need to edit it all together. And then I also need to make sure I'm having a good time while I'm doing all of that. So it is a lot more difficult than I think a lot of people realize. But at the same time, I mean, it's amazing. It's you know, it's why we do it. Yeah, no, it's amazing because like as a kind of fitness content creator, I'm looking at your videos. I'm like, oh, my God, wow, he's visiting here. And like, that looks so cool. And that looks like so much fun. I'm like, oh, wait, he's actually filming himself doing all of these. That takes a little bit more organization and planning and setting up a camera and um, for it to be able to share those moments with people. So I suppose like because I find even just in like when you're on holidays and when you're make, taking photos and videos of things, it can get very like you can get very not in the moment when you're kind of so it's to try and get that balance between being in the moment and um getting stuff done for your job 100 <laughs> percent, yeah i mean i think i when i was in the philippines so the philippines is the first place that i went and i took a video of me i put my phone down on a little tripod and then got on my bike and drove off and one of my best friends commented on the video and he was like, lol, like you just had to come straight back and pick up your phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know, that's the reality of it is that people see that video and they're like, oh, it's so cool. He's on a bike in this like really tropical island. But it's like, no, I had to set up the tripod, then I had to drive off and then I had to drive back and pick up the phone and edit out all the other parts and put it all together. Um, but then like that, you know, I was riding my bike for nearly an hour and I just stopped for five minutes to take the video. Yeah, so, yeah. So no, you kind of have it in your schedule for the day. You're like, I'm going off to do this wonderful thing, but somewhere on it, I'm going to stop, get this little clip. Exactly, yeah. And go from there. So like you, I suppose you need to be quite a creative person to be able to kind of have like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to, to this place today. And you like, would you have like a vision of what video you'd want to produce from that experience before you're there? Or do you make it up as you go? <laughs> so a bit of both. Sometimes I'll come up with ideas. I'm very much so a nighttime person. So it'll be like one o'clock in the morning. I'll be trying to get to sleep. And then suddenly I'll be like, oh my God, I have an amazing idea for a video. And I'll go on my notes and I'll like type it in. And then as soon as I've come up with one, I'll think of another and another and another. So then over the course of the next coming days, I'll do all of those videos that I planned literally at like one and two in the morning. And then at other times, I'll be somewhere that I, you know, I won't have planned a day and I'll just end up somewhere that's really cool. And I'll be like, okay, I need to 
try really quickly to take as many videos as I can so that then when I get back, I can use like half of them or even just a quarter. Um, and that's something as well that I think people don't realize is, you know, if I post a like 10 second video that has like six or seven different clips in that, each of those clips, they're only like two seconds long. But when I took those videos, it's like a minute and a half long. And then I have to pick which two seconds from that minute and a half is the best, you know? Yeah. And that's it. Like the time it takes to, to clip it all down, put it together and then put the voice over with it and be like, what am I actually trying to say in this video? And I know sometimes I'm sure if you're somewhere amazing and you're like, you're taken aback by a sunset or something and you're like, I don't need to put much to this, just a little caption. And you know, that that's interesting enough for people because they're like, wow, look at this. It's something that not that people don't see in their everyday lives. Definitely. I think to be honest, the voiceover part, one of the things I'm struggling with the most is like synonyms for the word beautiful because everywhere I go is so stunning that I'm like look at this beautiful sunset look at this beautiful airbnb look at this beautiful sidewalk look at this beautiful coconut tree but I can't keep saying the word beautiful but you could just get a cap like you know you could it could be your catchphrase you know the way if you felt like something like like you know the way like the crocodile hunters be like oh this is awesome or whatever you know like if you had like your little catchphrase that you always say and it became your thing that would be kind of funny that would be I'll, I'll have to turn what is it crocky mate there's a shack in the water into like wow that's beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> but do it in a really unique way <laughs> yes, yeah yeah well i'll, I'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> i'll be watching i'm only resin <laughs> um, but anyway look tell us a little bit about you so but let's bring it right back okay so you're off traveling the world living your best life um so who is sean where where do you come from what's your background every so... kind of anything I mean, that's a little bit of a convoluted question in and of itself. I'm half Irish, half Iranian. So my mom is from Ireland and my dad was from Iran. And I was born in Limerick, but I grew up in London and then moved to Iran, lived there for two years, then came back to Ireland for a while. Then when I was 12, I moved to France on my own for five months and lived with a family in France, then came back to Ireland again. And then when I finished secondary school, I went and lived in Sydney for a year, then back to Ireland, finished uni and was like, I got to get out of here again. I've been here for too long. So decided to jet off and go across the world. So you were a well-traveled child. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And what did you do in college? I did philosophy, politics and economics. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't really suit the... Uh, traveler vibes but I mean I feel like I have two quite different personalities and I suppose one of the things that you know we could get onto later on in this is that one of my hopes and aspirations from doing this travel vlog is to end up setting up my own business and so I think that's where my degree will definitely come into it more. Definitely. I think the degree is really relevant, like philosophy, so that you know that you're able to kind of take what you need from each situation and be able to yeah. kind of analyze it. You're like politics and economics, you know, which are obviously so important in every society. So yeah. I think, you know, having the eye for all of that, like I think that's definitely and then taking your experiences and uh, what type of business are you hoping someday to set up? Uh, well, I'm going to have to say that people are going to have to follow me and find out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. There's a little surprise. I don't like to. Uh, well, I like to manifest things like myself in terms yeah. of like, where I want to go and what I want to do and my goals. But in terms of long-term goals, I like to keep those kind of personal. 
Yeah, and I agree. I think sometimes, and I'm the same, like, when, especially when they're really personal goals and they mean mm. a lot, I think sometimes if you share them with people, even people who love you the most, it, they can ruin them a little bit for yeah. you because they'll put a seed of doubt into your mind. Whereas if you just know deep down, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to reach that goal. Um, and this is very relevant to anyone listening, even, you know, with fitness goals, with fat loss goals, with health goals, you know, but having so, like make your goals and your dreams so big that, you know, you have no idea how you're going to get there, but you just know yeah. you're going to get there. Like make your goals so big. And like you said, for anyone out there listening, whether it's travel, whether it's fitness, whatever it is, make your goals so big, so like unachievable that if you tell people about it, they'll be like, there's no way that you'll be able to do that. Like that's the kind of goals that I think you need to be setting for yourself. Um, so even with the travel, like I said to all my friends uh, that I was going to go traveling, a couple of them in a kind of jokey way were like, oh, you're going to try become an influencer. Um, and I think I said it to two of them and both of them really close friends of mine were like, look, Sean, you know, if there's anyone we know that could do it. It's you. But to be honest, like I, it's too oversaturated. The market's so oversaturated. There are so many people trying to do it. And they were kind of talking me down from doing it. Mm. Um, and again, that's why I think when there's something that you really want to do, just go, just do it. Just put absolutely everything that you have into this one thing. And don't be telling Jim, Bob and Joe <laughs> about it, you know, just kind of go do it and then let them talk about it once you've accomplished it. Exactly. And I think it's re this like is where it's really important to have a little bit of space and quiet time. And I know this is something that I struggle to find. And I know a lot of other mums listening struggle to find, but you really need to find even five minutes a day where you can kind of tune in with yourself, whether it is through meditation, whether it's through going for a walk, whatever it is, where you have quiet time, you can actually listen to your true self to yeah. stop all the crazy thoughts that are going on about the lists and everything you have to do. And just kind of getting getting familiar with that gut feeling so that when you have something you want to do or a decision to make, that you can lean into that feeling and know that, you know, like that the, yeah. literally not to be cliche to trust your gut. But yeah. when it comes to making big decisions like that, or even just leaning towards big decisions by doing little steps, you kind of need to be in tune with that. 100%. And I think even... So in terms of like solo travel, but then also with like even going to the gym, I love having a gym partner. I love having a travel partner, but to be honest, the times where I achieve the most is when either I'm in the gym on my own or as I'm traveling on my own, Do you know, like that, if I'm, if I'm doing bench and I have someone spotting me and it's the end of the day and I'm really tired and I'm pushing my last rep, psychologically, I know that they're there so I can fail and that's okay they're gonna get me whereas if I don't have a spotter you know you have no choice you have to push you have to finish it and it's kind of the same with traveling it's that thing of yeah I could just kind of stay in this one place and not do anything and have all of this security around me or I can push it that final extra bit and see what happens see the results that I get from that yeah speaking of your traveling let's let's give us a little background of okay so first of all where are you now and then what was the journey to like just like yeah. like naming the places where you were up to now so i started off in the philippines I was there for one month so every country it's been one month so i started okay. in the philippines then i went to indonesia then malaysia cambodia and now i'm in thailand oh, amazing yeah. And um, how long have, have you been in, in Thailand for? So I've only been in Thailand now for 
about a week, a week and a half. Uh, my sister actually arrived two days ago. So Amazing. that's been an absolute blessing. Like, it's just so nice to be able to see a familiar face after so long. Yeah, and I, I'd say, like, it's nice to get that balance, isn't it? Like you said about um, being by yourself, but then, like, there's only a certain amount of by yourself, but then the value is kind of gone from it. And it's like, I need to spend some time with people and share some of these moments with people as well. So is your sister with you for long? Is she just here for a holiday? or yeah, will she's she... just here for two weeks. Um, she's been planning it for ages. I don't even know if she wants to see me, to be honest. She was just like, Thailand, Thailand, Thailand. I want to go to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's been planning to come see me as soon as I reach Thailand for the last, like, yeah, five, six months. Amazing. And whereabouts in Thailand are you now? So we started off, I flew into Bangkok, then went down to Phuket. Now we're on Koh Samui. Then we're going to Koh Phangan and Koh Tao. So like little islands. And then we're going to head back to Phuket. She's going to fly home. I have about a week. And then I'm either thinking of going to Laos or else I'm going to go back to Bali. I haven't decided yet. Amazing. And just, you like, how soon do you need to decide like will you just book a flight like <laughs> beforehand like okay yeah we're going to we're going to bali <laughs> i mean possibly so the reason why i'm thinking of going back to bali is because i've met a lot of people from bali since i've been there um, and it's a real kind of influencer hub there's a lot of yeah. support in terms of social media do you know there'll be like five people who rent a house together and every day they're like did you post something today? Come on, like you can't go to sleep before you post it. There's a really strong community of people who care about each other and people who are like taking energy off each other and giving it and giving support. And I think that's something I've been lacking a little bit in terms of kind of just popping from one country to another, doing my own thing. And I've really enjoyed that. But now that I'm starting to actually build a little bit of a following, I'm thinking that I'd like to be in a bit more of a kind of social hub community. Mm. But, yeah. but then Laos is really cheap. So I'm like, will I go there? Yeah, <laughs> really. And mind yourself in that situation as well, like because I know it's great to have people around you that's that support. But I find that I actually thrive better in my own little bubble of being by myself and not around too many other fitness professionals I went over to Brighton there a couple of weeks ago to the International Fitness Summit and um, was surrounded by a lot of PTs and you know a lot of people a lot further on in the fitness industry than me and I actually quite found it quite overwhelming now it's probably my own insecurities a little bit you know and it, it, re it was a really good experience because well it first of all showed me what the potential is you know to as an online coach but it also kind of um it made me just question myself a little bit like I felt you know am I is what I'm doing okay and should I be doing more and you know and then yeah. but then I was, it made me question be like okay you need to make sure that you know what your goals are and what your values are and it nearly annoyed me that I felt that way if that mm. makes sense no I get that as well I mean so often I'll be on Instagram and so like I follow a lot of you know male travel influencers and I'm yeah. looking at the stuff that they're putting out and then I'm looking at the videos I'm making and Sometimes I do. I look at it and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, my videos suck. <laughs> like, compared to these guys, these guys are pros. They're so amazing. Like, all of their videos are phenomenal. Um, and I just, I feel like I'm there, but I'm not one of them. So, I mean, I don't know if that's kind of how you felt as well, that it was like you're amongst people that are the same as you, but you kind of feel like an outsider at the same time. 
Yeah, a little bit, you know, and it's funny because, uh, but I would imagine a lot of people felt that way and a yeah. lot of people feel that way. And I think, first of all, your videos are not shit. Your videos are great. And <laughs> you need like, and it actually was, um, James Smith was talking about like video quality and stuff. And I think that was a huge thing for me. I was like, I'm doing it in my kitchen in on, like on my iPhone. That's all like, I, you know, I, yeah. but then I'm like, I'm a mom giving advice to other moms. That's what I, where I'm supposed to be. You know what yeah. I mean? And realistically I can't go rent all this fancy studio space. And, um, and also then how does that make me relatable if I do really yeah. like, you know, and like, yeah. you know, my, my followers don't watch my videos to look at picture perfect. That's not what I'm about. I'm about be showing what real, kind of balanced lifestyle can look like when you're busy um but I think so so I got a little bit overwhelmed you know and James Smith was like you need to have these really fancy these cameras and you know it needs to be this quality now he could have just been talking to people who are a little bit further up the ladder and have people working for them you know but um I was a bit like I can't do that but then I just I had to remind myself that what what's important for me is my message sorry my point here with your videos is people ordinary people like me who are watching your videos aren't looking at it to be like, oh, wow, look at the way the color pops there and look at that, you know, the quality of this or look at how that um, video goes into this clip, goes into this clip. Look, you know, no one, we're we're like, oh my God, wow, look where he is. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 100%, I agree with that. And it's the same, I kind of think, for your videos. It's like, yes, if you want to have, like, if you're some guy that's like, you know, six foot five, you've got like an eight pack, and your arms are all shredded, then yeah, you're going to need a really good like quality camera because you're going to want people to see all of the veins in your arms and like the details of your six pack. So the, yeah, your man James is 100% right. You need to have the best quality. Yeah. But if your audience isn't people who want to look at someone that's like that, some dude the six five and shredded, then no, you don't need to have the perfect quality camera. And so I think that it's definitely something that a lot of people, I suppose, don't really talk about in terms of social media. Is like I use my iPhone 10 for absolutely every single video that I've made. I bought another phone that was like really good, but it got stolen <laughs> after three weeks. Aww. So yeah, I just use my iPhone 10, and I think that a lot of people think you know if you're an influencer, you need to have some massive Canon camera and you need to have like the newest iPhone and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's not really true to be honest no and like sean casey would be the first to say that like he for all his videos he just uses his iphone now i did have a samsung phone for a long time i have since upgraded i got the iphone 14 pro and mm. the difference i'm like ah, it's yeah. amazing and <laughs> um, i will never go back to android after making the switch now it was stressful but i made the switch and um it definitely is but i think anyway the point here for anyone listening who you know does put content out there maybe who's a fitness professional or you know if anyone who just puts content out for their own business or anything that's listening i think people are getting sick of instagram perfect to be quite honest yeah and because i think it causes so many mental health issues which we could talk about again um but I, and I think what people are looking for, well, from what people tell me anyway, is realness. You know, what I enjoy about your videos is that they're real. It's like, this is, his, this is you know, I believe your story. I, you know, I'm like, this guy is here. He's not trying to be perfect. He's showing us where he is and how much fun he's having doing it. Yeah, I think it's that authenticity piece because, you know, I think, yeah, in the last couple of years, it definitely has been, you know, Instagram's blowing up, TikTok's blowing up and people... They want to see picture perfect. They want like no flaws. 
But as more and more and more people are getting into it and it's becoming, you know, I'm not going to say, well, yeah, a little bit oversaturated, but now that it's such a mass thing and it's been around for a little while as well, people know what's fake now, I think. You know, they can watch a video and they see someone's like a really obvious hook or at the very start of a video, it's like the funniest thing happens at the very end of the video. You're like, no, I'm not going to watch this whole video. You know, it's fake. Whereas if someone's being funny and someone's being authentic for the entire video, then they're going to watch the whole video. So I think, yeah, authenticity is so, so, so important now. Yeah, actually, I was, I was scrolling through TikTok last night and I came across a video of and this is a perfect example of someone trying to make you watch to the end of their video. And it, it's, it was a, a flight taking off and it was like really, um, really aggressive turbulence and near crash on takeoff. And I was like, oh, my God. So I watched it and it wasn't. It was just a plane taking off. And I was like, I was raging that I gave them the views. And like then I looked at the comments and everyone's like, fuck you. But again, <laughs> like, I, mean, I hate that. That's the thing is that like if people are commenting, then that video is going to blow up more. But then you're also like, okay, but people know he's fake. So that video might have worked, but will the next one? Because people are going to be like, no, this is the guy. You're not building trust in your audience. Not building a community. And I suppose that's the thing is trying to post so that you get views and you get followers, but also trying to post for the people who are currently following you. Do you know, if I say on all of my posts, follow for more, follow for more, follow for more. Like if I was following someone and every one of their posts said, follow for more, I'd be like, I'm already following you. Yeah, talk, <laughs> to to me. Me. talk to me. Why are you talking to people that don't follow you? I'm the one liking, I'm the one sharing, I'm the one commenting and you're not making any content for me. So that community piece, I think is so important. Yeah. And to always remember, and obviously, you know, if you're doing a, you, you have some sort of business where you want to help other people that it's mm. you do want to reach more people because you want to help more people and there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow but that you need to remember what your actual goal is you know and the goal shouldn't be solely like followers numbers money you know yeah. it should be what what are you going to contribute like and like I I'm very much believe that we're all here on this planet to contribute something and um social media is a fantastic tool to be able to to spread your message but mm-hmm. you really need to kind of dig deep and know and know what that is yeah a hundred percent and i think no matter what your niche is you know if you can try and kind of construe it in a way where you are going to be helping people because you know it's your page and it's about kind of your life and the things that you're doing but if you can show other people that they can be happy like pretty easily without saying how to be happy in three simple steps, watch my video and then follow. <laughs> you know, then, I mean, you're doing a good service. You're genuinely making a difference in people's lives. And I think, to be honest, that's something that's impacted me the most since I've started posting on Instagram and since I've started traveling is messages that I've received from people just saying, like, I've been in a really dark place recently and, your videos have inspired me to be happy and be the person I want to be and live my life. And I'm like, like me, like little old me is like making people make decisions to be happier in life. Like that's so, that, that drives me to want to keep going, to keep sharing. To, you know, it's really powerful, it powerful stuff. Yeah, it is definitely. And you can tell from your videos that, you know, that that meaning and that intent is there. And like, you know, you can, you know, we all have this little light that we can shine that makes everyone's, 
um, you know, makes everyone's world a little bit better. And that's what it's about doing and kind of sharing that. And you've you've nailed it now at this stage. Do you get a lot of people who ask, like who send messages then asking for travel advice? You know, being like, oh, I'm heading off now to Southeast Asia. What do I need to do? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I get a lot of people messaging me being like, oh, I'm going to the Philippines or I'm going to Indonesia or I'm a 26-year-old female solo traveler. What tips, what advice would you give me? So, I mean, I have kind of like a thing on my notes for each country that I go to so that I can like send people advice. Um, and I try to always personalize it a little bit. But um, at the start, I was replying to absolutely everybody who messaged me. But it has gotten a little bit difficult because I'm getting quite a few a day. <laughs> so, yeah, that you can't. I mean, and there's fine. no point. It's not a good use of your time to be repeating yourself over and over again if you have like a, a framework of what, what you advise. And then, yeah, that's it. Personalize it to the person if they've asked something specific. So, right, if I was heading off now um, in next month and yes. I'm like, where, where, do I, where do I start? What would you recommend? Where should I go first? Well, it depends what you want. Do you want beaches and tranquility or do you want jungles do you want cities do you want a little combo of all of them i'd probably definitely like to do beaches and tranquility to ease myself in and then maybe head up to the jungles cities not cities are not really my thing but then at the same time when you're over there like i suppose you probably should but would kind of be bottom of my list the cities would be so then one country that i think has all three of them is Malaysia. Okay. So in Malaysia, I did a like two day, one night jungle trek where, yeah, I truck, trucked, I <laughs> trekked through the jungle with a like 20 kg backpack on with food and supplies and my tent and everything. Sorry, not tent, just a sleeping mat. We showered, well, washed ourselves in the river that night and then slept in a cave. One of the girls woke up and there was a tarantula on her leg one of my other friends woke up and there was a snake moving like right past him while he was asleep Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing it's really cool we heard king cobras like outside the cave as well and king cobras i don't know if you know this i definitely didn't but they don't hiss they actually kind of sound like a chicken it's like so we thought that there were chickens outside and the tour guide was like no 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 king cobra king cobra um, but okay. then, yeah, we checked back. Really fun. Then there's a couple of yeah, islands sorry, did as well. You, like, just to stop you there on on this experience. So did you do that? Like, did you just look it up and go yourselves, or did you do it with a tour guide? No, yeah. So I did it with a tour guide. So there was myself, my two friends that I was traveling with at the time, and then I think there were like four other people that went on the tour with us. And, and like, then there did was you a second group as well. Sorry, did did I you watch? have to sign like a death waiver when you went on this? No, but the guy did tell me that someone actually died like 10 years beforehand. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's so funny, right? Because <laughs> I'm going to ask you a little bit about fear here. But before I do, I'll just give you, I was talking to Brian Keane. I don't know if you know Brian Keane. He's um, an online know. fitness coach, but he's into mm-hmm. ultra endurance events and he has done back-to-back ma- back marathons through the Sahara. He's done, I don't know, like, ridiculous amount of kilometers through the arctic like he does these really serious endurance events and i like asked him, I was like, are you ever afraid like that you're gonna die or whatever you know like and then he was talking a lot about real fear versus perceived fear and mm-hmm. how you know that obviously real fear you know 
maybe not the smartest thing to jump off your roof like you know that's you know there's a like you have to weigh up the cost but yeah. perceived fear are you doing not doing things because you're afraid of something that might happen but probably won't and mm-hmm. um he talked a little bit about like how he likes to battle his perceived fears so then it helps him deal with life's bigger problems now i'm obviously paraphrasing what he said but it's, it's, it's a couple of episodes before this episode anyway so people probably have listened to it and they'll they'll have remembered but um tell me about like the like are you just a really laid-back person that doesn't get afraid or like were you facing fears in this situation i mean i'm kind of weird in that sense like there are things that definitely should scare me that just don't in any way, shape or form. Like I'll jump off a roof into the pool and it won't phase me. Um, like I'll go trekking through the jungle. I'll like do a backflip off a bridge and try land it in like some tiny little spot. And like all that stuff doesn't phase me. But like mountain biking, I just be like, no, I'm not going to get enough satisfaction and I'll probably hurt myself. So I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I often well, look at mountain biking and I'm like, I feel like this is just a sure way to get well, injured and not be able to train for a long time. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I think I kind of like, I, I always try to balance the, the likelihood of me dying with the amount of fun I'll get out of it. And so you're an adrenaline fun, junkie. A little bit, but if something's too dangerous, I'd be like, nah, 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 I'm not doing that. Not worth it. <laughs> no but I would love to go skydiving that's something definitely want to yeah. do it's made me th- like after talking to Brian and just like listening to your stories it makes me consider my my perceived fears because I'm a little bit like I'd be quite a cautious person um I'm like skydiving no couldn't do that but it's not even that I'm afraid that I'll die I don't like the feeling of falling like just like I'm literally ugh, like you know even like in a like a roller coaster like I won't even go on a roller coaster anymore like I just wouldn't just don't like the sensation of it but then I don't know, am I just not leaning into fear enough? And would I find this amazing kind of buzz if I just push through? See, I mean, I think I'm I'm not, well, I'm saying this now, but obviously if it actually came down to it, it might be a different thing, but I'm not scared to die. I'm scared of pain. So like that skydiving, I'm not going to be scared at all because if my shoot fails, I'm just going to die. Like there's nothing I can do. It's fine. But if I go mountain biking and I fall over, oh, I could twist my entire knee backwards. Like my arm's going to be like hanging like this, <laughs> like that. I'm scared. I'm scared to be in a lot of pain, but like dying, like, you know, I'm dead. Like what's there to be scared of? Interesting. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not afraid of dying. I kind of, I very much trust in the universe. I'm like, what's meant to be will be, which some people will be like, Kate, you're a control freak. What do you mean? But like, it's, it's like a balance of like, you know, I like to kind of, keep things as structured as possible but probably because I have three kids and I'm running a business and if I don't keep things structured things fall apart um but that I do very much trust like I wouldn't like when I was younger I would have spent a lot of time worrying about things like that like worrying about dying worrying about like the worst thing or other people dying or you know like the worst case scenario situations and I would have suffered with um chronic anxiety like and panic attacks when I was kind of my late teens early 20s um and like I've done a lot of work on myself since so I very much kind of have that feeling of surrender. I'm like, what's meant to be will be, you know, even during COVID when everyone was freaking out, like, oh, I'm going to die, you know, or whatever. Like, I was like, if I get it, like, like you know, you had to go out to Tesco and, you know, people were like wiping down their wash, their shopping. And I'm like, if I get it, I get it. If, you know, if I'm going to die from COVID, I'm going to die from COVID. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to anyone listening who, who anyone has anyone who did die from COVID. But that was my mindset at the time that got me through. 
and I very much carry that with me. So, but like you, like that, I fear kind of, I fear, I fear pain as well. I don't like, and the more and more I hear people being in chronic pain, I'm like, oh my God, that's my worst nightmare. But it's a motivation for me to eat as healthy as I can, to keep strong and to keep as fit as I can. When I say as fit as I can, like, I like, I'm not running around. I don't have the time, but you know, I, I'll walk as much as I can and I strength train and, you know, I try and keep myself as healthy as I can to avoid I'm, yeah, I'm afraid of being like sick and not being able to look after myself and I'm afraid of pain but not death yeah no definitely not death I mean I just with what you were saying there sorry my sister was just trying to get in and I was like no wait get out <laughs> um just like my god you know I'm sitting here and I'm like you know as much as I'm loving my life I'm like oh it's so difficult I'm like trying to figure out where to go, what to do, what like shots to take, how to post. And then I'm sitting here talking to you and you're like, yeah, you know, so I'm running a business. I've got three kids. You've got your podcast. You've got your Instagram. Like, honestly, like I don't know how you have not just the time, but the energy. I think that's something that people don't talk about a lot as well is like having the time to do something. Yes, every single person has the time to do it, you know. You've got 24 hours in a day. You can do so much in that time. But it's about like trying to motivate yourself to have the energy to actually go out there, to be working hard, to be producing, but then also to have the energy left at the end of the day to put it back into yourself to make sure that you're happy. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you could be running three businesses and you could have four amazing kids that are all doing exactly what they want to be doing and having an amazing life. But if you have no energy at all to be putting that back into yourself, then, I mean, I kind of think that's not really a life worth living if you're not being happy and like helping yourself out at all. And this is why like health really does should be people's and I hate the word should but um should be everyone's main priority in a way because if you, it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter how many people you have around you if you're in pain if you're sick if you know we've gone really off off topic here we'll, we'll bring it back to the cave now in a minute. um that like you you don't you can't enjoy any of it so like to, to me but like when you're saying in relation to busy lifestyle I think it very much comes down to being aligned with your values, being aligned with what you truly believe in. And that's not like what I value is going to be different to what you value or someone else listening values. And that's okay. But I I actually believe, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about burnout and like from someone who suffered from, like, you know, I was exhausted for years um, dealing with panic attacks and trying to be okay when I wasn't. Um, I think if you're aligned with what you're really, truly supposed to do and you love it, like raising your kids tends to be one of those things like because you naturally do love looking after them even if they drive you mad but whatever job you're doing alongside it you need to love it because because people I think people who love what they do will never burn out I mean if you love what you do you never work a day in your life you know that expression I've always loved that expression yeah but anyway bringing it back to so the fear uh, so fear of pain that which is an interesting one so where do do the snakes and the tarantulas fall into that Oh, I couldn't care less. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like, know what I'd be like in that situation. Like, because I love the outdoors. I love going hiking. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I do love being in nature. And, um, but I've never done anything like that. And I would love to. But I wonder, I don't know that I'd be able to sleep in it. You know, I feel like I'd be okay once I'm walking and I can, you know, take in mm-hmm. my surroundings. But li- lying down in it, I don't know. 
No, I mean, I'm the type of person who, like, when I was going through the jungle, I was like, I don't care how dangerous it is. Like, I want to see a tiger. And, like, maybe he'll kill me, but, like, I don't care. I want to see him, and I want to run, and, like, oh, yeah, no, that, I, okay, I think maybe I am a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do after the jungle? So after the jungle, I went to one of the most beautiful islands that I've ever been to. Um, but it was crazy expensive. So I did have to, we stayed in this like tiny little wooden hut with a, like massive spiders. There were geckos like running all around the place. Um, the mosquitoes were crazy. It was just like this little wooden house with like, you know, it was, the roof was leaking. Uh, we only had electricity for three hours a day. There were no showers. There's just like one big bucket and then a little bucket. And you use the little bucket to scoop the big bucket and you pour it over yourself and you wash yourself. Um, and then after that was when I went to the hospital. <laughs> Which is what I want to talk about. So uh, for anyone who doesn't follow you, definitely, first of all, go follow Sean because his his um, story is amazing and his videos are amazing. But this is where you, your following grew, isn't it? So Definitely, tell everyone yeah. what happened with your hospital story. So, I mean, I still don't even know like that much, to be honest. I was on the island and this hand started to swell up. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But, you know, I mean, don't really care. It's fine. It'll go down after a bit. And then like here, two of my lymph nodes started to swell up as well. And that's when I was like, you know, I obviously sent a picture to my mom. I was like, mommy, I think this is bad. <laughs> is it? Is it? She was like, yeah, those are your lymph nodes. Go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. Well, no, so I went to a doctor first. He was like, yeah, you'll be fine. Just put some cream on it. So I put some cream on it. Went back to the doctor two days later. I was like, it's really sore now and it's bigger. And he was like, yeah, no, the cream is not going to work. You have to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. They looked at me and they were like, you need surgery tomorrow. So I was like, okay, yes. So booked myself into the hospital, wake up the next day and they brought me for surgery. And then when I got back after surgery, but before actually going into surgery, I posted a TikTok and there about like me being in the hospital with, and that TikTok blew up. And then while I was on the way to the surgical room, this doctor walks up to me and he was like, hi, how are you? Like, just to let you know, I'm going to be the doctor um, assisting the surgeon on this operation. And I was like, okay, lovely to meet you. And he was like, your name's Sean Hammond, by the way, isn't it? I was like, uh, yeah. Me thinking like, well, duh, like you obviously saw that from my charts. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I saw your TikTok. I follow you on, he was like, I commented on one of your posts. I was like, ah, wow, okay. So, um, and that was the first time that I think I was a little bit like, somebody knows me from my socials and it's my doctor it was just such a strange moment and then after surgery that's when it, it was only really then that it started to hit me kind of how bad it was I mean I had like I'll describe it to you but honestly like I've told people about this and they just don't really realize how like bad it was until they see the pictures but they cut three really wide and really deep holes one in my hand and two in my armpit and then every single day they had to be cleaned out now after the first time it was cleaned 
I told them that they weren't allowed to touch me without an anesthetic. I was just like, no, like, you know, I can get infected. You can cut off my hand. I don't care, but you're not coming anywhere near me without even a local anesthetic. Cause the first time they cleaned it, it was, whew. The worst I mean, pain it was I've like, ever felt the worst pain I've ever felt. You know, I've got this massive hole in my hand and then two more there and they're getting like scalpels and cutting off the extra infected area while I'm just lying there like wide awake. And this is like fresh open. Oh, it was, I mean, I was gripping onto the sheets. My legs were shaking for about 10 minutes afterwards because I was in shock so much. It was unbelievably painful. Fuck. Yeah, it was bad. And then afterwards, the nurse was like, so this next day she came in and wanted to give me the anesthetic, but she was like, I don't have training. Like, I can't inject it. And she was like showing me the tube. So I just cracked open the tube, poured it into my hand, like swirled it around <laughs> so that it touched all the walls. And I was like, there, now you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so at least you took responsibility for it yourself. <laughs> oh, 100%. She was like, no, no, I can't inject. I can't inject. I was like, there's a hole in my hand. You don't need to inject it. Just pour right. it in. It's in a bowl. Just swirl it around and then be fine. <laughs> You have pictures of the, I remember seeing the pictures, but was it on your story or do you have it on your page? It was on my story, but it is on my page and one of my highlights. I have like each country that I've went to and then there's an entire highlight reel just of my experience in hospital. Okay. So hospital, so go to your, go anyone who's interested to see and like, oh yeah, I'm a sicko. Like I was literally like, when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, I had to show Dave. I was like, oh my God, Dave, this guy, Sean, look at his hand. Look at it. I was like, and he, Dave was like, oh my God. Um, but it was like, I just, and I remember looking being like, like he is so laid back. He looks like he's having so much fun in hospital. He made friends with all the nurses, of course. And, um, like is dancing in the bathroom and, um, if I that was me, I'd be like, I'm dead, dead. <laughs> and I sp- think possibly one of the reasons why like that all kind of blew up at the time that it did is because, I mean, people are looking and they're seeing hospital and it's like, this, it's dramatic and it's eventful, but also where I was and like being in hospital and all that happening to me, I think it's just such a perfect reflection of who I am as a person. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm in hospital in Malaysia and I've got holes all around me. And the first thing that came into my head was, do you remember, or are you a Harry Potter fan? Yeah. So I think it was either Fred or George after an attack has like a hole in his ear and he goes up to the other one and he's like, look at me, I'm all holy. <laughs> so the first thing I did is send a video to my mom and I was like, mom, yes, you know, you know, I might not have been too religious in the past, but I'm holy now. <laughs> <laughs> And she's there like, no, like, are you okay? My mom wanted to fly out to Malaysia, like to take care of me to make sure I was okay. Um, but no, yeah, I think it just reflects me as a person. I was like, you know what? I could either lie in bed and feel shit about the fact that I'm in hospital or I'm going to go dancing in the toilets and make a little TikTok and smile and make friends with all the nurses and give them flowers and just have a good time it's such a great mindset to have and you know like it like it beams out of you and it's like it is really um, magnetic like which um I'd imagine as you go places then you meet loads of people and make loads of friends along the way um it, it's a really nice feeling to be around someone who kind of will literally see the best in every situation yeah I mean someone commented on uh one of my instagrams I think it was one of me like dancing in the rain um and he was like 
if you get the chance to meet this golden retriever of the man, you're a lucky person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what? I feel like, yeah, maybe golden retriever isn't too bad. Obviously, I'd like to think I'm more of like a, a husky or something, but <laughs> I'll take golden retriever. <laughs> golden retrievers are pretty happy dogs. They're pretty solid. Yeah, no, that's that's not a bad one. Um, so I suppose what I wanted to kind of steer it towards, oh, sorry, but, but anyone who is, sorry, is like me and is interested mm. to look at the photos, go onto Sean's highlight reels and look at his hospital ones and you'll see what he's talking about. So it took how long for them to, um, like, I was going to say fill in the holes, not fill in the holes, clean them out fill until in. like, are you healed now? Yeah, so I'm fully healed now. The the hand, I mean, you can't, you can see there's like a bit of a kind of indentation. So if you're looking at it, it it kind of bends down more than this hand does, but it's fully healed. Um, And there's not that much of a scar. The ones here, there is kind of a prop, there are two prominent enough uh, lines just from the scarring. Yeah. But I think... It probably took about a month and a week for all three of them to actually be closed for me to stop having to. So was in hospital for one week, then for about two and a half weeks, I had to go back to the hospital every single day for them to clean it out. And that was really annoying because, I mean, I'm trying to go places, I'm trying to do things and every single morning I have to go to the hospital. And then after that, I had about two more weeks where I just cleaned it myself um and then finally yeah all healed yeah it's all healed now and so basically it was a really bad infection that you got from some sort of bite is that what they reckon yeah so what they said is they're not 100 percent sure what it was but that um i got a bite on my hand um and there was some sort of like venom or poison or something and that's why i traveled all the way up my arm but then my lymph nodes caught it um or something like that. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. They were explaining it very fast. And it's in a country where, you know, I don't really, no one, well, in, the Malaysians actually do speak English phenomenally well. Um, yeah. But it's still not, you know, a native kind of country. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Which would say. have made the whole um, hospital experience scarier, I'd imagine, when everyone's talking a different language around you, except when they're talking to you. So, it, yeah, trying to yeah. keep. I know, they're like, talking amongst themselves and I'm like what are they saying am I going to die like oh are they saying yeah he's perfect he's fine and then the doctor looks at me and he's like I see you tomorrow and I'm like what's happening tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) bring the anesthetic whatever it is (laughs) Um, so anyway I suppose we bring it kind of more towards um safety solo traveling kind of what so you took off by yourself You, you when you first started traveling you didn't know you weren't going to anyone you just did you organize it with a group or was it just you were just heading over to stay in the hospital so what i did is i actually booked seven months of flights in advance um because that way i was like i can't just back out you know in two weeks time i can't be like oh no i want to go home um i can't back out so i booked seven months of flights then mind most of the time i don't even know where i'm sleeping like that night. <laughs> so I'm very organized in some ways, but in other ways, I'm a very last minute person. But no, I mean, I've always, you know, like I said about when I was 12 years old, I went to France and lived with a family in France for five months. And obviously that's very different because you're living in a family setting, but also it's very different because I'm only 12 years old. So, I mean, I'm really confident in my own abilities in terms of safety awareness and in terms of uh, making sure that 
you know, I've stayed in some really dodgy places, but I've also gone to one or two places where I've been like, do you know what? I'm not staying here. I don't feel comfortable here and I'm leaving. Yeah. So I trust my gut instinct a lot. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I was really comfortable to just say, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to fly to the other side of the country and see what happens. Yeah. And I suppose it probably helps when you're you're not traveling with any valuables, really. Well, apart from your phone getting stolen, obviously, yeah. your phone and your tripod <laughs> probably being the most important ones. But apart from that, which which you tend to have on you anyway, um, you, I suppose you probably don't have a whole lot of valuables and probably leave things behind as you get new things as you go. So I do have, I brought my laptop with me, um, which is what I'm using at the moment. Yeah. And then I have my phone and I also have a drone which I haven't actually used in a while. So I need to start getting back into that a little bit. Yeah, get some drone clips. Well, I suppose the hospital visit will have interrupted your plan, your drone plans a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what the rules about flying drones in hospitals are, but I figured <laughs> it's probably a no-go. I'd say if anyone would have got away with it, you would have got away with it. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> the nurses Seems would be like, oh, he's fine. The doctor would yeah. <laughs> be like, I know him. He's on TikTok. <laughs> I know this guy. It's okay. The he's making like, content. <laughs> Um, so like in general yeah so you're trusting your own gut and would would you be around a lot of other solo travelers so I mean I kind of try and um, have a little mix between the two where I'll stay in hostels and so many people I'd say maybe 80% of people that I meet in hostels are all solo travelers and then sometimes I'll come and I'll stay in an Airbnb or I'll book a room to myself in like a homestay or something like that so that I can just have a bit of downtime, you know, be on my own a bit because I did decide to go solo traveling for a reason. It's so that I can work on myself and figure out, you know, my own things. So I don't necessarily always want it to be surrounded by other people, but then it is amazing. You know, you go to a hostel and there's a guy from New Zealand, a girl from Switzerland, there's Germans, French, Spanish. I traveled with a girl from Peru for three weeks uh, at the same time that I was traveling with a guy from France for three weeks in Malaysia. I mean, like Ireland, France and Peru link up in Malaysia. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's the type of experience that you're just never really going to have otherwise. And I think if I was traveling with somebody else, or I, I think I can say I know that if I was traveling with someone else, I wouldn't have traveled with the two of them for three weeks. It was because we were all solo travelers and because we all just, we felt like a puzzle. We met each other one day and all of us just absolutely loved the other two people and we just fitted so perfectly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose like if you're traveling with other solo travelers for a little while, like it takes away that neediness. Everyone is, if you're a solo yeah. traveler, you, you you enjoy your own, you value your own time. So everyone's going to kind of be doing their own thing, but you're doing your own thing alongside each other. Definitely. And it's that thing of like that, you know, sometimes like one of the guys I was traveling with, his name was Frank. So he was really spiritual and every single day he would meditate for half an hour and he never drank alcohol. Myself and Myra, we kind of like to have a drink every now and again. So when he was doing his half an hour of spirituality, we'd go to the pub for half an hour. <laughs> you know? And then on other days, like we'd wake up in the morning and one of them would be like, oh, I just want to have a down day and like watch a movie. So one of us would stay and watch a movie and the other two can go to the beach. Like we'd do things together, but we'd also go away and do things on our own. Yeah. And I suppose it's about trying to find that balance. Now, to be fair, you know, I've been out here four months and I've only found 
two people like that and it was at the same time but it was perfect you know it's kind of like what you want in like your partner your wife or your husband or whoever it is that you're with that thing of being able to being able to be together but have your own time yeah you know, have your own time of, have your own life and just but you're both together. like in the same room but yeah. you have your own space at the same time yeah um and so that's one of the most i think amazing things is like learning about different cultures as well you know i met two guys from morocco and they were telling me about like these laws that changed in morocco and um hearing like their side of things and you know i've met a lot of israelis and i've talked to them having done politics in university you know i've talked to them a little bit about politics See, that degree about, is working for you already <laughs> definitely like the things that are going over there at the moment um but then even like peru you know like i'd have no idea about anything other than machu picchu in peru so then hearing myra talk about the like the economy of the place and kind of the politics it's fascinating you know you learn so much about the world but also about other people and then about yourself at the same time which is why like all over my page you'll see me saying if you've been dreaming of solo traveling just tr trust me just do it just go even if it's only for like four months like the amount you learn not just about yourself but also yeah about other people and about the world it's phenomenal yeah and i suppose you know it's always good to lean into it if you don't like it or you don't feel safe solo traveling you yeah. can always go home a hundred percent yeah and i mean there are a lot of influencers who offer package deals um like there's another guy what's his name the fleetwood jack or something i think he's an irish lad who's in africa i think at the moment and he does a little shout out to him he better give me 10 percent now yeah. <laughs> <Fleetwood> <laughs> jack. he does like surf camps in zimbabwe so, you know, if you if you want to travel and you want to travel solo, but you're scared of like the safety or if you're just not really bothered to do all the bookings and like figure out everything yourself, you can book camps where you go away for two weeks and everything's planned out and booked for you, but you go alone and then you have that solo uh, backpacker experience. Yeah. And a chance then, obviously, then you obviously want to be solo and have a bit of time for yourself, but the chance, like you said, to the experience to to meet people from different cultures as well like within that will also be solo travelers and i suppose like booking those kind of camps or those kind of tours if you like are a nice way to ease yourself into traveling if it's you know if you are nervous about safety if you you like to have some idea what to expect and then you might you might even start off there and be like i'll then make the decision whether i'm going home or whether i'm going to continue on by myself but i'd say uh, from your stories um it's probably bringing back some memories for some people and being like, oh man, I have to collect my kids at three o'clock. I, I miss those <laughs> days of watching a movie and then going to the beach and then heading off somewhere different next week. Um, and then there's probably people listening who are like, right, this is my sign. I'm going to book my mm. trip. I'm going to do it because like we only have one life. But um, tell me, what has what's your favorite place so far? Oof, that's a tough question. I think my favorite place is the Philippines. But the best day that I ever had was in Indonesia. That was going to be my next question. Um, ah, one step ahead. <laughs> so why is the Philippines your favorite place? Philippines is, see, I think there's a couple of different reasons. I might be slightly biased because I had just been working in retail for over a year. And then suddenly it's the first place that I went to. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm working in a shopping center in Ireland. So... I wake up in the morning, it's dark. I go to work, 
I'm inside for the whole day and then I leave and it's dark. And that was kind of my life for like a year. And then suddenly I'm in the Philippines. I don't have to work. I'm meeting all these people. And the Philippines was just sunny all the time. Everywhere you go, it's just beach, beach, beach. You know, there are beaches with horses. There are beaches with pigs. There are beaches with people. <laughs> like it's, it's just such a beautiful place. The, the people, the locals, so unbelievably accommodating and friendly and smiley, just such a kind people. I've heard uh, that before. Was, yeah, I have heard yeah. that. Yeah. And they all speak English as well. Uh, not fluently, but you can tell that they're all making like a really big effort. Um, and sometimes, you know, especially as a foreigner, you're kind of looking and you're like, mm, are they just being nice to me because they're trying to sell something? But really fast, I got over that because you see people genuinely helping you and not wanting anything in return. And if you actually try to pay them, they'll be a bit insulted. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. I do not want, I do not want. Now, if you like buy them something and like give them a little token, then that's definitely appreciated. But actually handing them money um, isn't something that, you know, they really like. Have you seen a lot of poverty on your travels? Yeah, definitely. Um, That has been something that, you know, it's quite difficult. It's difficult because, you know, you're traveling the world and you're trying to like help people and then, but you're also like staying in a resort or for like one, well, to be fair, this is the first time I've ever stayed in a resort and it's only for two nights. Yeah, in fairness, your videos are usually fairly like, I'm in a hotel, okay. Yeah, literally, or else like the ceilings just caved in and it's flooding. <laughs> like, but I don't know. It's just, it is that thing of it's like okay, I just spent like two euro on a beer, and some like six year old girl is walking up to me trying to sell me a bag of peanuts for one fifty, and it's, it's it's really difficult because you want to help, like you really really want to help, but then it's also like. You know, two minutes after she walked up, then a guy with one leg walks up. And then two minutes later, it's a man who's fully blind who walks up. And then later on, someone walks up and you can see their ribs and like they're really skinny. And and it's it's just that thing of like, you just can't help everyone. And yeah. so who do you, like, who is it that you try to help? And I don't know, maybe it's like internal, like, I don't think narcissism is the right word, but where in my head I'm like, if I can focus on myself and I can do my own thing and I really push it, then I'll be in a position in a couple of years' times where I can actually make a difference and actually help. Whereas if I'm over here now and I just give away everything that I have, then, you know, I'll have nothing left to give. I think think you're probably in a really good stage of, like, you know, at your age to be exposed to what what you see on your travels and be, and realize how poor some people in the world really are will like will will have changed you forever and then as you do grow your business and grow um as a person you would like I've no doubt you'll be able to to give back whereas someone who's never ex- never seen that or experienced that myself included um it's very hard to to know you know it you need you need to see it yeah. in order to be able to really want to help and i think that definitely so one thing I'll say is that, so that I think from what I've seen anyway, there are kind of two different um, 
well, obviously there's way more, but two different types of prominent poverty. One is people who genuinely don't have enough food to eat on a daily basis and who are starving and who have no money. And then there's the other side where it's people who are kind of just scraping by um, and they have enough to feed themselves and their kids every day, but they don't have enough to pay for anything extra. Um, and one thing that I've noticed is that from my perception, anyway, I'm not going to say that this is definitely the way that it is, but from my perception, people who have enough to get by, I mean, they're, they're just happy. They're happy people. I mean, you know, I'm in Dublin and I'm walking past all these people who have bags and bags of money who've invested in real estate. You know, I mean, having lived in Dublin, I know a lot of people who are like really wealthy and I see them smile maybe once a week. Yeah. <laughs> and the only time that I ever see them actually having fun is if they're pissed and they're in like a nightclub. And they're, Whereas, escaping, they're escaping their life and their thoughts. And they're escaping reality, you know? Whereas, like, I'll be walking down the road and there'll be four people sitting in this tiny little tin house and they're playing cards and they're slapping each other and they're laughing and they're having a great time. And, and then they look over at me and it's happened a good few times that literally like that, what I'm telling you is it's like tin on either side and then there's tin and then there's, like, a couple of, like, wooden beams just supporting it. And they're just sitting there playing cards and they tell me to come over. I mean, they see a white man, they're like, we can trick him into this game. We can get money off him. They're just like, you know, they want me to join in. So I go, I sit down beside them. I look over, I see like two kids playing football, but it's not a ball. It's just like some like plastic that they've wrapped up a hundred times. So it's in the shape of a spear. And yeah, it, it is amazing seeing how people with almost nothing can be happier than people who have a lot. It, it's really, really interesting, isn't it? Like, and I think there's a lot to beat. I know obviously we don't know actually how happy they are inside, yes, but yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not the first person to say that. You know, that's been like, I've, I've heard that in podcasts quite a lot recently of people who've been traveling and to different parts of the world that people with very little tend to be very happy. And it, you know, it, it, it's definitely yeah. food for thought anyway, for sure. Um, and really looking at what we have in our lives and what's actually important and why are we always striving for more? Like always. And like yeah. myself included, like, you know, we're always like, how can I make my business better? How can I go on my next holiday? How can, you know, whatever it is. It's it's like, okay, but what what is our ordinary Tuesday look like? And can we find joy in an ordinary Tuesday? And yeah. um, like we're literally, there's a storm coming in when we're finishing this podcast. I'll show you out the window just so you know what you're missing. But, um, you know, just being like, well, like what makes today joyful? And yeah. actually, like and I know it sounds it sounds so kind of cliche or whatever, but yeah, like genuinely being grateful for what we do have. And I know that gets yeah. hard, especially if you're in a job you hate and, you know, you're stressed or if you've got health issues or, you know, like there are things that are going to bring you down. But like there's always something there's something to be grateful for. Yeah, and I think that's one of the problems. And again, I mean, wow, I'm really shooting in the dark here, but you know, this is my opinion, is that I think that in the West, or especially in Ireland, we'll say everyone's focus nonstop is on their future. It's always like, what are you going to do in college when you're in secondary school? Then when you're in college, it's what job are you going to get? Then once you have a job, it's like, where are you thinking of settling down? Like, where are you going to buy your house? Like, questions are always directed at us or like that. It's like, okay, what's the next step for my business? Or 
people say, where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Like that question, I've always found mad. Where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Like, I don't know. Why aren't you asking me how I'm feeling right now in this present moment? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that that's a big problem with, I'll say the West, but, you know, specifically kind of Ireland, I think, um, just because I know more about it. But yeah, people are so constantly focused on the future about, you know, are they going to get a promotion in three years time instead of just enjoying every single day as it comes. Did you ever read the book, The Power of Now? I don't think so. No. Okay. Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, The Power of Now, read it. It's like, it's life-changing, but it's literally about what you're talking about, how the only thing that's actually real, I will will finish up now, I'm aware of the time, but um, (laughs) like the only thing that's actually real is right now. And um, so the past is in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. The future, Mm. you're actually just making it up. And the only yeah, thing, so this is why happened, people yeah. who suffer with anxiety are constantly worrying about the future. People who suffer yeah. with depression are stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. And the only place, and like usually we're all, we're all a bit of both, um, but the yeah. only place that we're ever truly happy is in the present moment, which, you know, is so true. When you think about those people that you're talking about and they're playing cards together or the kids playing football, like think about yourself when you were a kid and you were out playing football or climbing trees or whatever, you know, you're truly happy because you're just in the moment you're not worrying about anything and the only time we get that as adults now is when we go on holidays yeah Uh, but again i know that we've gone a little bit over time but what you're saying there i think that is the essence again of why i was so happy when i was in hospital is because you know i'm standing there and like i made a video of me dancing with like my robe on and i went to the toilet and then i looked at myself and i was like huh this is kind of funny I was like, you're in a hospital in Malaysia and you're wearing this big baggy blue robe. And I was like, do you know what? Blue is my favorite color. I actually really like this robe. I was like, mm, yeah, I'm kind of feeling this. I was like, I'm going to do a little dance. <laughs> and it's because in that moment, I was alive. And you know, what better feeling can you have than when you're alive? And I think being in a hospital and having a little bit of a scare and hearing the word poison and like venom, I was like, oh, shit. And then they were like, yeah, you know, we just had to cut a few holes, but you'll be fine. I was like, mm, I'm going to be fine. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it's about yeah. really living in the moment and enjoying yeah, every moment that you're alive in this present being. Amazing. And I think that's let the, the, the final thing we'll finish on and just say to everyone listening that today, make it your business as you're listening to this to find a moment in your day where you're just fully present when you find when you notice your brain wandering to what you have to do next or whatever just keep bringing it back and just really try and find joy in something ordinary even if it is chopping the vegetables or hanging out the wash or having a shower it doesn't matter it can be the ordinary things but just actually being in the present moment and stop constantly rushing to the next one um, and see how you feel yeah and working on figuring out what it is that you just love doing in that present moment for me sometimes i like to just press play on one of my favorite songs. That's literally three minutes. I'll just stand in my room and I'll dance for three minutes and that's it. I'll be happy for the next like five hours. Yeah, and so I, do, I do that as well. Like to get, if I've had a really busy day on the laptop and my mind is, and I'm like, I will put on music then while I'm cooking dinner or whatever. Like I, there's not a, a hope I could listen to an audiobook or a podcast app when my brain yeah. is reeling like that. And just listen to some of your favorite songs and just it helps just clear everything out. 
or listen to the Kate Hamilton podcast you know that could help too exactly you're <laughs> going to be so motivated now to be just so present and just so cool <laughs> Sean thank you so much for um, coming on this has been such a great conversation uh, thank you for having me I've been looking forward to it for a long time and everyone go follow Sean um, he, ha- he has loads of followers already but go follow him because for your own good because it's just so entertaining and it's a really happy place to be and you'll just see so much of the world no, thank you that means a lot to me thanks Sean Okay, everyone, it is that time of year again, and I am going to mention the C word. So the last Nourish, Move and Shine program of 2023 is on sale now. So it's going to start on the 23rd of October and it's going to run all the way up to Christmas. So if you want to look your best and feel your best coming up to Christmas, and uh, make sure to grab a spot. You can go onto my website or even if you go through any of my social medias, the link in bio will bring you to the sign up and spaces will be limited because it's just little old me doing the coaching and everybody gets an individual check-in. So I need to be able to have the time to check in to everyone. So once the spaces are gone, they're gone. So hop on a quick and you won't know the time. You know how quickly Christmas comes around. So you might as well be putting in the work and the structure now and you'll be feeling amazing by Christmas. So Nourish, Move and Shine is my group coaching. Um, it's specifically designed for busy ladies. So I am a mum of three, as you know. I know what it's like to try and balance everything and do everything. It's impossible. Um, it is, indiv- as I said, individual check-ins each week, but it has all the perks of one-to-one coaching, but with the support and the community and the atmosphere of group coaching. So it's an all-around win-win. Um, It's suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes in their lives, anyone from beginners to anyone who's just looking to reset back into healthy habits. Um, It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. Um, It is about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories or hand portions, food lists, step goals, at-home workouts or gym-based workouts. Totally up to you. Some people don't even do the workouts. They want to focus just on the steps and the nutrition, and that's totally fine. Mindset work, app access, WhatsApp group support, one-to-one support through email and WhatsApp. We do fun challenges. We do measurements and progress checks every four weeks, and there's weekly check-in forms, as I said, to fill in, and you'll hear from me individually each week. So it is €199 for eight weeks. Like I said, last one of the year. So jump on it. Don't miss out. And I promise you, not it. This is not just a diet. This will change your whole outlook on your body, on fat loss, on health and fitness in general. You will move forward in your life with a whole new mindset and with the tools to be able to continue on your journey um, in a healthy, balanced way while actually enjoying your life. So, like I said, hop over to my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com or any of my socials at Kate Hamilton Health and book your spot for the con.